Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Generally Casual. My name is Michael, and I'm one of your co-hosts. As you should know by now, we're at like episode like a billion, and I'm joined That's by... That's an over-exaggeration. I don't appreciate that. Oh. We've worked it? really hard, and you had to trivialize it. <laughs> is it like 30-ish? Oh, what, really? I don't know the number. Oh my goodness. What a, we're past episode 50. Do you remember we did episode 51? And then 52. Wait, I, I'm 52. just tricking you. We're, we're, we're getting people to go back who haven't listened to it and listen to the 50 If you know episode. what episode we're on today, please email us at generallycasual at gmail.com. Please don't do that. I already know what episode we're on. <laughs> yeah, but you should let Richard know because he might not know <laughs> what episode we're on. Tell please. us what episode you're on. Also, comment on our Facebook Facebook group as well, telling us what episode we're on currently. Needless to say, I'm Richard, and that's Corey over there, because Where, we haven't been introduced yet. Where's the... And I'm Michael. Where am I? You already said your name. I get two intros. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michael Michael. <laughs> hey, Richard Richard. Oh, no, you only get one. Needless to say, I'm not putting up with any of their stuff today. You know why? I'm in a mood. What kind of mood are you in, Richard? Are you hungry? A mood for food. A mood for food. Did you did you feel like us age back fifty years into a different segue, like a sitcom segue? <laughs> what kind of mood are you in? Well, I'm sad. Why are you sad? Well, Billy was bullying me at school today. Well, let's talk about bullying. <laughs> anyway, so for this time, we're gonna talk about food. Yeah, instead yeah, of this, yeah. we're talking about food. So, uh, this the name of the episode today is Food Secrets because we're talking about things that you should know about food that you might not know already. Because we covered all the basics in our other food episode. Yeah, about tasting and senses, uh, how to experience the food. Yes. Now we're going to make sure that food doesn't trick you. Because yes. there was a whole history, which we're not going to cover today because it's too much. Uh, but there's a whole history of basically the food... Um, industry? industry? Thank you. I was going to say food companies. Food, the food industry the food being companies. very tricky with the way they market their food. And in fact, a couple of years ago, there was a... Um, it was a couple of years ago. There was an entire revamp of the nutrition labels, at least in the United States. I don't know if oh, that was yeah, a global... Oh, yeah, yeah, No, that was a couple years ago. You're yeah. right. I'm guessing it led to a global change because I don't think they'd be like, oh, these are our specific labels here and our specific labels here. Well, I, just having caloric information on every yes. single menu is, was a couple years ago. And then yeah. I know that they relabeled a lot of stuff. Also, too. a lot of fast food places put how much calories and things are on their food. And there's a whole like huge wave of quote-unquote health changes. It was more like going, hey, do you know what the things in your food mean? No? You just eat it? Okay, little piggy. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Eat. <laughs> now, now to be mouth. fair, uh, we're not nutritionists. That's none of our careers. Uh, but this, a lot of this is based on pretty basic science. Yeah. Um, at least the nutrition labels and a lot of stuff we'll talk about today. Uh, we're not really going to be like, oh, you should exercise this way or you should eat these foods. But, but we're basically, uh, we have a basic understanding of nutritional comprehension. Yeah. And to start that off. I feel. Don't speak for me. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anything. <laughs> but also, we all like food. Yeah, yeah. that I do. We, we do like food. I'm an expert on liking food. And yeah. to start this off, I figured it would be fun to play a quick game yeah. about can you tell what the real ingredient is? Some of these are a little easier, and some of these might that's be a little a, harder. That's a terrible name for a game. 
Yeah, well. And the winner of the game gets a gold star and decides what our next podcast subject is. Wow! I don't want that responsibility. And neither does Richard. We got it. So really, it's all about who doesn't lose. Yep. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, so we got five uh, quick uh, either ors up here. So we got to pick which one is the actual ingredient yes, you would find you in gotta your food. Put, yes, exactly. Right. And some of these you should know, and some of these might yeah. be a little more confusing. So we're gonna start off with the first one that is xanthan gum versus zintelex. Xanthan gum. Xanthan gum. Xanthan gum. Yes. That is wrong. What? Nah, I was kidding. It's xanthan gum. I was like, um, don't, I don't guys, even know what zintelex is. It, it's a made-up thing that I made up. Oh. <laughs> Oh, one of them I is made see. up by me, and one of them is a real ingredient. I see. So, do you guys know what xanthan gum is, or what it is used for? Isn't it a binder? I thought it was like a thickness slash binder. That's the same thing. Good job, you guys. Yeah. It's exactly that. Uh, so it's hell. Uh, it's used to bind ingredients together to make sure they don't fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It's got the word gum in it. Yeah. And okay. it's plant derived, isn't it? Xanthan gum. Yeah, uh, it is naturally found in a few plants. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's cool. Don't ask me about the rest of them because I won't know. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do have them on my phone, so we're, we'll we'll do, we'll see if I can look up a quick bit of information about that. Okay, the next one is phytosodium or niacinamide. Niacinamide. I believe that is niacinamide. I think that sounds more familiar than thitrosodium. You just tacked on sodium to a <laughs> another thing. Yeah, you did. I know. <laughs> and you also spelt it Thitra, where if it was following normal normal scientific things, it would be Titra. Titra? You don't know that. You know science? Yeah, kind of. Well, do you know prefixes? Kind of. Well, then you kind of don't know as well. I also made that one up, so you're absolutely right. Oh, Here okay. we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. Um, do you guys know what it is? Uh, an acidic compound. No idea. Okay, well, this is good because these are all things usually found on a nutrition label. That's why we're doing this. So, uh, niacinamide is a, it's found in food, it is a form of vitamin B3, and it is used as a dietary supplement and medication. Oh, got it. Yeah. Vitamin B supplement. So, like most things we find in food, they're naturally there to basically help you with supplements. Uh, sorry, it's they're naturally there to help your body with something. Oh, kind of it. like how uh, fluoride is in water to help keep our teeth clean and keep us healthy. Um, there's a lot of ingredients that are added to food to change its makeup or naturally there that kind of help our body in, in um, general. It's not it. added. It's enriched. It's enriched food. No. Additive food. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Additive. So now we get to our next one. We get to uh, pyridoxine hydrochloride or enrich pyrominium. Yeah, I'm not eating anything that's got a hydrochloride in it, I feel like. Actually, I think I would that go is... with enriched pyrominium. I'm going to go with the other one. Right. You're going to go with the hydrochloride? The, the pyr- pyridoxine hydrochloride. Okay, and here we go. Who is correct and who is a failure? Well, today, good job, Richard. Oh, you wow. got it. And rich pyrominium was made by me. That's I, <laughs> pyrominium. Yeah, you know, it sounds metally. And yeah, also, also on fire. <laughs> it's it's metal that's been on fire and enriched. So it, why is a pyrodoxine hydrochloride? What is that, Richard? Uh, well, I would assume it has to do with uh, water and salt. 
That's it. It's salt water. That's water salt. Oh. Yep. Hey. That's I'm smart. Yeah. Uh, it's a salt form of pyro- pyridoxine. And I'm like, I don't, I I don't, don't want to get into the chemicals is. of that, but it is another thing that's in there to huh. help you. Okay. <laughs> All right. That okay. One's good. We get to number four. We have glycium monophosphate or thiamine mononitrate. 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 I forgot an N. Mononitrate. Both sound like they could be correct. Yeah. I think it's thiamine mononitrate. I, I think I'm leaning that way too, but glycium monophosphate i can see phosphate because it would be a singular molecule of phosphate and then glycium would be sugar so i i could see it going either way but i think i'm gonna go on your train Corey, and go thiamine monotrain well good job you guys didn't fall for my tricky fake answer (laughs) (laughs) Because glycium monophosphate is only half of a real thing oh glycium is not a word because it would say glucose, not glycium. Well, it just sounds very sugary. It does That's sound, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, thiamine, you guys know what that is? Thiamine. Thiamine. Something you eat. Something to do with glands. <laughs> and I'm going to remind everybody, again, these are not made up things. These are on a ton of food labels out there. If you go down going, I have no idea what that is, what that is, what that is. These are all things that are accompany your food to help your body. Okay. For the most part. So, thiamine is vitamin B. Oh. Got it. Yeah. Similar to the, the, the uh, uh, niacinamide, yep. uh, which is also used as a dietary supplement and uh, a medication. Okay. The last one is propyl gallate or lactic garlic acid. Propyl is normally to do with alcohols, I'm pretty sure. But the garlic in the middle of lactic garlic acids throwing me off. But I, it also sounds like that could just be like, hey, we added this garlicky stuff. Well, and I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I thought garlic does have some sort of lac lactic acid in it. Hmm. Mm. I'm gonna go with propylgallate just because it's fun. I'm gonna say the other one. Yeah. You say lactic garlic acid and you're going with purple? Yep. Purple. Well, it's a tie. You guys both have an equal amount of points at four points apiece. Oh. Because the correct one was not lactic garlic acid. It was purple garlic. Yeah. I'm saying that completely <clears throat> wrong. Which is funny because it is formed by the condensation of gallic acid and propanol. Yeah. <laughs> I just threw the word garlic in there. To, to tr- lactic <laughs> acid? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, which which is it, it sucks because garlic has like acidic tendencies, mm-hmm. which then yeah yeah I thought and, it was funny. I I literally looked at a nutrition label and I was like, I'm gonna take that word and that word <laughs> and that one. It had garlic in it, so I was like, oh, this sounds like a made up thing that might be real. Um, so do you guys know what that is? What propyl gallate is? Gallate. Like I said, it just sounds like some sort of alcohol based substance, food lubricant. <laughs> Well, uh, you guys are, I guess, sort of on the, on the dot. Um, it is an antioxidant, so it's added to foods containing oils and fats to prevent oxi- oxidation. Huh, there you so go. So it's added to lubricants. Yes, literally. Like, that's what I, 
he said oh, lubricants. And I was like, wow, this is close. <laughs> so all of those things are real, real ingredients or real chemicals, real um, things that are added into our food to make sure either they don't go bad quicker, uh, to help us out dietary-wise, or they're just natural ingredients that are part of most food. Um, but they're all very confusing when you look at a nutrition label. Because you can look through the top half, which we'll talk about pretty soon. But the confusing bit is when you look at the ingredients and you're always told for like diet things and non-diet things to look at what is the sugar. Because that's what... Um, that's what food, the food industry used to do. They used to be like, oh, well, this is no sugar added. But you see like five different things that have sugar in them yeah. or another words for sugar. And we kind of, I kind of wanted to do this as a way to be like, hey, make sure you know what you're putting in your body. Because I've talked to Corey many times and Richard about processed foods, uh, correct things to eat, and a lot of nutritional things we've discussed back and forth. That's why I purely put pigeons in my body. I know exactly what a pigeon is. And, you know, it, it makes it real simple. Just a bit of squab. Organic. Organic. Organic squab. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to, I'm going to bring up a nutrition label. And I kind of want to go with you guys to talk about uh, something, things on here that you guys might know or might not know. So reading it from the top to bottom... Do you guys understand everything you're looking at? Well, so yeah. you're talking about specifically right after it says nutrition facts. Is that what you're saying? Or like the total fat, cholesterol, that stuff. Starting right after nutrition facts. Okay. If you know so, what you're reading. So for in the case of what we're looking at, it says eight servings per container and serving size is two thirds of a cup. Yeah, we'll start there. Yes. I understand what that means. Okay. Corey, you know, you know what that yeah. means? Okay, so we'll, Look, go, we'll go through and kind of dissect what a nutrition label is. Luckily, um, when I was going through uh, junior school, they had, like, nutritional awareness classes as a kid. So we would go through as kids and read these things because we've actually in Australia been doing these nutrition labels for a long time. So. That's great because I don't think it is in America as much. No. I know at times, at least in PE, you might touch on this, but PE, I mean, it could have changed since I was in elementary school, at least, or middle school. But for the most part, PE has turned into more of a teach kids about games and sports and get them physically active rather than educating them fully about health. Like, yeah, I know we physical went, education. Yeah, so. I know we went through health classes. You know, there was uh, sex ed and things. Mm -hmm. There was actual health classes to be like hey make sure you exercise this much the food pyramid and all that stuff which is discontinued a long time ago but there was kind of a health thing there but it wasn't ingrained in you every time you went into pe no. or even like once a month it was like hey we got the one unit this year okay bye and i was like it really doesn't sit with you well and it makes sense that in if schools would change pe to health class and then it would be all-encompassing and do stuff like this where they say Here's how to read a nutrition label. Here's what you know, this stuff is for your body. That is why our PE class wasn't called PE. It was called HPE, Health and Physical Education. That makes sense. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We, we just add letters. Yeah. yeah man. Uh, Corey for superintendent. Solving yeah. problems <laughs> with added letters. Yeah. So dissecting this, we talk about the first, the thing at the very top underneath nutrition facts, eight servings per container and serving size. So if you don't know what that means or you're like 
15 to 18 and just realizing that you should read these things um, because eventually you're going to have to start making things on your own. Maybe you're making Kraft Mac and Cheese and you're like, what's that serving size in one cup? I'll just make the whole thing. And it's about knowing how much of that is for one person and how much is for more. So theoretically, a serving size is for one person. And I feel like out of all the information, and it's very fitting that it's right at the top, this is the most important piece to understand because if you don't understand how much is in a serving and how many servings are in a packet or a, a unit... Um, the the rest of the information isn't going to mean as much because you're not going to compre- comprehend are you getting enough stuff, how much are you eating, and in lieu- because of that, uh, how much extra or how much less of a specific vitamin, mineral, whatever it is, are you are you intaking? Absolutely. And actually, I was watching a video about this <laughs> earlier. Uh, basically, what to keep your eye on and what to ignore. So there are things on a nutrition label you should not care about. Uh, But for the most part, exactly like Corey said, they keep all the most important information at the top. And then as you go down the nutrition label, it gets less and less important for you to keep an eye on. Yeah. And then I I don't know about you guys as well, but like when I learned about it, I was always told like, read the top, understand how much is in the serving. Like if a chip packet says, you know, three servings per container and you used to eat like the whole bag in one go understand that you got to times three on the salt levels because that's a lot of salt yeah absolutely um but also when you read through the ingredients list to check ingredients and funnily enough i had to tell a lot, a lot of people like this um with dog food when i was a dog trainer is like the the words that come first is the majority of the food so if you see sugar is the first ingredient on whatever you're eating that's not a good sign because that means the majority of that package, even without running through the breakdown, is going to be that ingredient. Yeah. So you're saying on the ingredients list, not yes. on the tr- nutritional it, label. They, uh, they have to list them in order of uh, quantity. Oh, got it. Or uh, like highest percentage to lowest percentage. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. That also makes sense why usually like the dyes and... Um, was the bottom yeah they're all at the bottom hopefully yeah, unless well, you're it's just straight dye that you're drinking and why are you drinking dye it's edible i really enjoy food <laughs> it coloring. is food safe <laughs> i like okay. to be different colors on the inside yeah <laughs> so right there's no nutritional value to that at all the servings which is how much one person should eat uh it talks about how many calories are in there and the calories is important because the base fact is the average person consumes should consume on a healthy diet 2000 calories a day so you can incorporate that number into, if you're calorie counting or whatever, how much you should have in your body a day or what makes up a meal. So your meal could be anywhere from, if you're eating three meals a day, it could be anywhere from 600 to 800 calories. And then you eat three meals and that should accompany you to 2,000 calories. Which is very easy to exceed. Absolutely. Uh, you with... eat a fast food, you eat fast food like a burger. Yeah. One burger is like 1,000 calories, 1,200 calories. Or even if you get a meal, it's yeah. like... Over three quarters of your daily intake. Yeah. That's insane. And it, um, I'll, I'll get to it after we finish this. Yeah. So after the calories, there is the daily percent value. Um, I don't really pay attention too much to this entire section, but there are parts to, to worry about. And this is actually gets to a new conversation. Um, talking about fat, first of all, mm-hmm. there is good fat and there is bad fat. 
It was very demonized in the, I think it was like the 50s and the 60s. Yeah, they were taking fat fat out of everything and then adding sugar instead. Yeah, and then that was bad. Yeah. All things in moderation, everybody. So there's two kinds of, well, there's three kinds of fat, but there's two kinds of fat that you'll see on a nutrition label trans and saturated. So the easy way to tell the difference is saturated is basically good, trans is basically bad. Um, saturated helps you process. Trans will usually sit in your body. Your body can't break down trans yes. fats well. It, it's kind of like um, pouring bacon grease down the down the sink. And you're the sink. You yeah. Gross. You're the sink. <laughs> <laughs> it might go down okay, but it gets stuck somewhere. It gets stuck in the U bend, and you're like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, if you guys don't know about that, exactly what Corey said, make sure you watch out for how much is in these. Usually having no trans fats is the best and having whatever amount of saturated fats is okay because healthy fat is good for your body. Your body does need fat to store nutrients um, and to make sure that you will live if you're ever starving. <laughs> yeah, or especially fatty acids. Like mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Americans particularly don't eat enough fish. So they don't get enough fatty acids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing to look out for too. It's good for your brain Avocado. function. Avocado too, yeah. yeah. For those ve- vegans. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or people that don't like fish. Which <laughs> are, it's, just got a, it's got a lot of healthy fat in it. It's yeah. good stuff. Go, go ask for but no buying food. any houses if you buy avocados. That's the first thing everyone tells you. Okay. Yeah. I'm News to me. Yeah. I learned something new today. All you, those boomers talking about avocado you, toast. Shh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one on the list is cholesterol. Cholesterol is what... Um, I always imagine this because I watched a lot of Futurama when I was a kid. And they were like, hey, here's some cholesterol. And it's the stuff that like coats the inner, the inside of your veins yes. and clogs it up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's like plaque, but for your veins. And yes. A little bit. Um, is okay and it like a little bit of cholesterol is good for you and like Michael said earlier it's kind of like moderation with everything like you want a little bit of everything but not too much um, like a good instance of good cholesterol is egg yolk mm-hmm. egg yolks actually oh, yeah. have a lot of cholesterol and that comes in one of my pieces of advice that I read eat the whole egg yeah. don't skip the yolk um, and this has to do with a lot of things that people are seeing nowadays is like if you're gonna have sugar, have actual sugar. Don't replace it with fake sugar, because you're actually harming your stomach more than you would by having the regular sugar. If you want regular sugar, just take it in light amounts during the day. So, funnily enough, and I haven't done enough research, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But I have uh, read into it a little bit and seen that um, one of the main criticisms of fake sugars is that it creates that response for your body where it's like oh i'm eating something sweet i'm gonna release insulin but you don't and then your it, yeah. body doesn't use the insulin it created so then it starts going oh well i don't actually need to make in- insulin when i taste sweet things anymore mm-hmm. which then can lead to i think it's type 2 diabetes is that the one where you need to take insulin shots yes um funnily enough for a while though for type 2 diabetes they were recommending having fake sugar uh and just recently a lot of people basically dialed back on that research and said no if you're gonna have sugar have a little bit 
but for the most part, yeah. don't have it at all. Well, the the main thing is that the fake sugars, if you're not diabetic, it was showing that it could cause yes. diabetic tendencies. Just by so, habit alone. Yeah, yeah because it, your body um, and your, like we were talking about on the previous food podcast about our senses and taste and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's not just for, oh, this tastes good or, oh, this tastes bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other parts of your body that utilize that sense of taste too yeah absolutely um and uh, i want to get right into talking about carbohydrates because that's what basically sugar is but the one that's in between that is sodium sodium is one that people take in way too much of i love salt Uh, (laughs) um but there's a ton of it especially in fast food they're like hey that burger add throw salt at it uh, hey, those buns, throw salt at it. Hey, those Even, french fries, throw salt at it. Hey, there's Corey, throw salt at him. Because it's a preservative, too. It, yeah, It's and a I, flavor enhancer. I know a lot of people online are pretty salty, but, I mean, that's no reason to be taking in a lot of soda. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but uh, also, like, even restaurants in general, if you go out to eat, it may not be a fast food place, but it is, is technically more unhealthy for the most part than it normally needs to be because restaurants will over season that's why a lot of restaurant foods taste better is because they are quite liberal with the seasoning i mean that's also a part of chefing in the first place is to over season something because mm-hmm. a lot of it does at least when you're cooking the correct way a lot of it does come off in the cooking process um but in general they over season so that way the flavor stays um however with sodium again we go back to the moderation talk Having salt is okay, but don't go overboard with it because that can really lead to high blood pressure pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, and what I was going to say is there's other, yes, as, as a whole, it is salt, but seasoning and doing that stuff with your own cooking or going to a restaurant and doing the, the salt is not like what fast food does where they literally put sodium in everything constantly. Very true. So Just like, make sure you're watching out for Restaurants it. Yeah. will use the natural ingredients like a steak or something like that, and then they'll salt it as part of the preparation, and then that gets embedded in the, in the meat. And then it's a naturally broken down form of that yeah. versus because they'll use like sea salt or some sort of natural as opposed to just completely processed salt that's like well, fast I, food shoves in everything. But with that, if you've ever done any cooking on your own, you will know that a lot of ingredients say, okay, now you've done that, salt, salt and pepper Okay, now you've done that, season it again. And, and now you've done that, season it again. <laughs> and I think it's important to mention, like, that kind of stuff isn't normally an issue. It becomes an issue that oversalting for, like, regular healthy food mm-hmm. if you're also consuming a packet of chips every day. Exactly. Because then that has a lot of salt and that's compounding onto the extra salt that you're adding. If you notice on your tongue, you get blisters, little white blisters on your tongue a lot. You might be having too much sodium <laughs> or well, too much it, sugar. If you, like, eat ramen every single day. Ramen yeah. has tons Ridiculous. of sodium yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, if you're having a lot of uh, if you're having a lot of Japanese or Chinese food, you, high in sodium. Fast food oh, and then yeah. Chinese and Japanese food have a lot of high in sodium. It's very salty stuff. Um, but that leads us into our next one, which has to do with sugars, is carbohydrates. Carbohydrates is a weird one, but it's basically how your body processes certain foods and turns it, it, the carbohydrates all kind of turn into the same thing in your body. So uh, grains, bread, nuts, and sugars are all part of this carbohydrates thing. 
And the only thing you really need to watch out for, because this is your main source of energy during the day, um, uh, you don't need a lot of it because your body will process it for a long amount of time. That's why carbs are there. Uh, but this is easy to basically fall through the cracks on because this is where people like to slip in sugar. Yeah. And having dietary fiber, great. That's what your body needs to process. It's amazing. But this is also where you can find like, oh, I'm having bread today. Whoa, it has 20 grams of sugar in it. What is this bread? Oh, I'm eating cinnamon bread. Okay, okay. Even still, like (laughs) if you take the serving size into consideration, like with the example we see, it's a serving size is 55 grams. And the amount of sugar in a single serving is 12 grams. So 12 out of that 55. (laughs) So that's over a fifth of it is going to be sugar. Which... and to me, this is kind of where I actually look at the percent daily values when you start looking at sugar, because yeah, absolutely. they they do they do base it off of the the actually if you scroll down on that picture, it should tell you the daily percent value tells you how much a nutrient in a serving food contributes to a daily diet, which is two thousand calories a day for general nutrition advice, which mm-hmm. we already said. Mm-hmm. So it will give you the percentage of that. In this case, on this label, it says the included added sugars. And that's not the full 12 grams of sugar. The 10 grams that it says is, that's added is 20% of your daily value. And that's what's funny. Is the total sugar is 12. It includes 10 extra grams of sugar that they added in. So the regular amount of sugar for this, whatever food that we're talking about, is 2 grams. Then they added in an extra 10 grams on top of that. Yeah. So it, it really makes sugary products. And this is the biggest thing to watch out for on nutrition labels is you don't want to be tricked into going, oh, I had this quote-unquote healthy food, and be like, oh, I'm so thirsty after this. It's like, oh, my God, 50% of the food I just ate was salt and sugar. Yeah. And you're like, oh, i got to drink, like, 10 bottles of water to get that down. So going to sidetrack you, but it is kind of a conversation I think you were leading to Mm -hmm. anyway, Michael. Uh, One thing that I haven't noticed... Uh, since moving here that was prolific on Australian uh, charts and stuff like that was uh, glycemic index ratings. So, and I haven't really heard people talk about it that much over uh, here. Um, And it's very important in understanding what your carbohydrates do for your body. mm -hmm. Um, Were you going to mention something, Michael? No, I have heard that before, but I think it's something you need to search for. Yeah, so... So they're um, not normally on our nutrition labels. Like, let's say back home, and I was comparing two boxes of cereal, there would be a rating saying on the front, like, this rates this number, it is a high glycemic index food. Mm -hmm. And then the other one would say it rates this number, this is a low glycemic index, or GI for short. Yeah. So essentially, if you're looking for a food, um, carbohydrates in general are better for you when they're low glycemic index because that means there's going to be a higher concentration of fiber to carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. um, which means it's going to be a slow release through your body. So your body is going to break down that energy slower. It won't have a huge spike alongside with an insulin spike, uh, and then you crash. Um, Whereas high glycemic index foods, uh, foods that have a lot of carbohydrates that are easy for your body to, like they're simple carbs, uh, it can break it down quickly, 
which is really good for like recovery food. So if you just exercised, you're not going to want to eat a bag of oats because that's going to be low glycemic index. You will want to have something that has like some simpler carbs that can break down a little bit easier. Also, in, in a weird turn of events, to talk about something a little gross, you usually get your best poops from uh, the ones with the high, higher dietary fibers in it. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah, and that's, funnily enough, if you've never been to a stomach doctor, that's how you know if you're healthy or not. you got to have thicky poops, and that means you're doing well on the stomach. Um, <laughs> there's probably people who are like, oh, I hate thick poops. It's like, no, though that means your body's working the way it's supposed to be working. Um, and it really has to do a lot with that this number. Yeah. Car- carbs is basically all of that. You're not going to have a bunch of salt and then suddenly be like, oh, my God, everything's green. Um, it, it, it really has <laughs> to do with this carbohydrate number. But, yeah. And uh, also with the one after this. It also helps you with understanding, like, when you should eat that food. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to eat uh, something that's really heavy in fiber before I go for a run because then it's just going to sit there and make me feel gross. Whereas I want something with slightly less fiber, something that I can digest easily. And then I eat something more heavy afterwards. It leads beautifully into exercise. And the last number being one of the most important numbers on most food is protein. Usually you want high protein or at least decent amount of protein in your food. Uh, Protein is one of the next to carbs, a very important I think it would be like fat, carbs, and protein. Not in that order, but those are yeah. like three very important things for your body to consume because that helps you keep keep it's going. Like the holy trinity. Yeah. <laughs> um, protein, of course, is really good for your muscles. It helps create uh, lean muscle fiber. Um, it helps power your body. It keeps you full. It keeps yeah. Uh, carbohydrates and protein help you keep full for longer. Protein specifically because your body. It's kind of like chewing gum. Your body's just going to be like, oh, we're working on this. We're breaking down the protein. It's great. We're getting it out to your muscles. And your muscles are like, oh, we can repair ourselves now. Yay. Um, so, like, having a nice steak, at, you know, after a good day of working out, you're sore, is really good for your body. Uh, I mean, well, I mean not, or, or a good chicken. <laughs> well, I was going to say that also because it, going into the next part, that's also because it has a lot of iron in it. And yeah, a lot of exactly. Other- and funnily enough, going into the next part... Because uh, I don't know if we need to talk about protein that much. People know about protein. Um, is the part you can kind of ignore for the for the most the vitamin? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the vitamin. Section, the vitamin you matter. don't need to worry about. Only need to worry about if you suffer from a vitamin de- deficiency. Um, which go see your doctor about, please. If yeah, you, if you, I mean, if, if, <laughs> most people actually, uh, if you go regular diet of an American, iron is something that's actually thoroughly lacking in a lot of people's mm-hmm. diet. Because go chew on some metal. Even even though you know red meat or whatever uh, is is prominent in American diet, it gets so filtered out versus something like spinach or uh, kale or like really uh, leafy greens have tons of iron in it. Um, uh, as an example, uh, my wife actually has an iron deficiency, and so we're actually steering away from red meat. And trying to do more Spinach leafy great. greens. Well, your body can also absorb vitamins and minerals a lot more easily from fruits and vegetables than it can from meats and 
other enriched sources. Strange enough, spinach also has a lot of protein in it. So, I mean, that's uh, that's great. You know, fill your body with veggies and eggs and you'll be a happy person. <laughs> uh, yeah, tastes good too. So that kind of, uh, the last thing that's not on this nutrition label is the ingredients. Uh, they, all food industry companies are required by law to put in, just like Corey said earlier, put in all the ingredients of whatever food you're consuming. But this actually brings us to the main point is eating food with nutrition labels versus eating natural food that does not have nutrition labels on it. Um, I believe this is a um, an important factor in how people are healthy, which talks about the argument between processed food and unprocessed food. And I wanted to quickly uh, talk about what that means. So processed food includes food that has been cooked, canned, frozen, uh, packaged, or changed in nutritional co- composition with fortifying, preserving, or preparing in different ways. Anytime you cook, bake, or prepare food, you're processing it in some way. So it's the, <laughs> I almost use the same word, it's the process. It's changing uh, from its original state into mm-hmm. a, another state of some form. Yeah, and to talk quickly about what that means, uh, f- foods fair. Uh, uh, foods. foods foods vary uh, on how much they are processed. So something that's a decent for you, um, of course, getting the natural version is better. But if you if you need to throw things in your freezer, um, bagged spinach, cut vegetables, roasted nuts are just prepped. So they have the bare minimum amount of processing that has to do with them. Like uh, you were talking about oats earlier, mm-hmm. like steel cut oats. They're just cut. And then they're like, hey, and you got oats. There you go. Um, some other oats go through a little bit more processing yeah. and like a little sugar, blah, 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 get added to it. Uh, but if you were literally to grab oats from, you know, the farm, it would just be they would get cut and then other things would happen to them after that. And I think, uh, correct me, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but oh, we will. Uh, cut oats actually have less fiber than rolled oats because the oh. cut oats actually lose some of the exterior husk yes. that has a lot of the fiber in yes. it. Um, you have something that's a little bit more. Foods processed at their peak to lock in nutritional quality and freshness. Talking about canned goods like canned tomatoes, frozen food, fruits and vegetables, and canned tuna. These are also okay. These are fine. Um, they're not, again, being heavily processed. It's just the act of how they're stored that you need to watch out for. It still looks like the original product. Exactly. I think that, like, you can use your looky balls. Use yes. your eyeballs. Hey, if it still looks like it, you're fine. I Don't go opening up cans in stores, though. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> you take it home, you're like, uh-oh. I gotta test it. Uh, <laughs> Canned tuna. Mm. Then we start getting the things a little bit more pro- uh, processed. We get foods uh, with ingredients added to for flavor or and texture. Uh, talking about sauces, dressings. Um, yogurt and cake mixes because those have to be those are the pre-prepared ingredients for you to prepare something else <laughs> so they already have to have the sugars and the ingredients in them for you to have to consume them yogurt already has to be made and then well, it's no, no no i think in this example it's saying yogurt specifically for flavored yogurts so you could go out and buy greek yogurt and that would technically be still processed food of some sort, but it's not going to be in the same tier as uh, like the strawberry yogurt that you can buy or like your, it's, it's in the same, it's in the same category because 
yogurt is still changed from its original form. Which is milk. Which is milk. I, I, I know what it says up there, but I'm saying that the yogurt is still yeah. different. Something had to happen to it, and it had to be ingredients had to be added to it for it to be its new product. And I get what you're Yogurty. saying, Corey. You're you're saying that certain yogurts are healthier than others. Yeah. Well, Which also makes sense. Certain yogurts are more processed than other yogurts. Correct. Exactly, yes. like Greek yogurt versus others. Um, then but we that's get... why it says foods added with ingre- with ingredients added for flavor and texture. Yes. So that would be a different category from like Greek yogurt. Yes. Are things not added to Greek yogurt? No, it, it literally no, yogurt as a whole. Greek yogurt. No, that doesn't matter though. It's changed from what it like. The whole thing is it's added. Uh, 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 I can't talk about Greek yogurt enough, but I feel like there is something added to Greek yeah, yogurt it, to make it, it into. Adds, um, oh my goodness. It's like the same thing as yeast. What is that? Uh, a culture? Lactobacillus yes. culture? Yes. But it's yeah. not. To make it yogurt. No. I know. But it, you just you going added off that the to then change the texture. Is just that going a preservative? The definition of, is of a culture this. preservative? This is saying flavor, texture, so sweetness, spice, oil, color, preservatives. Is a culture a preservative? Culture? No, it's a it's a it's technically a catalyst. Okay. Well, we got that difference. Because it doesn't get consumed in the process. Then there is heavily processed foods which you should not eat all the time. These are ready to eat foods, microwave dinners, oven dinners, things that are frozen, already prepared, and all you have to do is cook it. So anything um oh sorry, we're almost there, sorry. Ready-to-eat foods, meaning things that you could just eat right out of the package. So crackers, granola, deli meat are heavily processed, usually have a lot more ingredients in them, usually have something in them, a specific preservative, or something has been done to this meat or these crackers that make them not as great for you. Like potassium nitrate and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. They have some sugar. Yeah, I mean, it's like the same thing as like uh, hot dogs or things like that. They they include stuff that's basically like, all right, this is going to be sitting in a grocery store for quite a long time. So it needs to last. (laughs) Um, And then the last one is the pre-made meals, which I was just talking about. Like frozen pizza, microwave dinners. These are the worst for your body. Yeah. uh, Because they're made in such a way that they can just sit there forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you can you're like, wow, I bought that three months ago. I guess I'll cook it now. Yeah. Normally, if you can say that about something, it's not great. You shouldn't be saying that. But these, I, I we all know what they're used for. They're like quick, you, easy cheats. Exactly. Yeah. Quick, easy cheats for when you don't have time or you, you know, you, you, you just are struggling to cook something and you're like, oh, this is easy. I'll just throw it in the microwave and boom, done. Or, you know, you got, you got 20 people coming over and you can't cook a dinner for them. Yeah, pop a couple of pizzas in the oven, and you can have that. And when I funnily think enough, it, go to a fast point. food place and buy a pizza because <laughs> that might be healthier <laughs> and tastes better. Yeah, but like through this whole list, we're not trying to demonize any of this stuff too either, because it it really does come down to the moderation thing. It only really becomes a hassle or a, an issue if it is a daily thing. Like if you're eating these things every day. Um, and you're not aware of the nutritional side effects, then you can be in for a lot of trouble. Maybe not now. Like, you might be healthy now, but down the road, you won't be as functional. So Exactly. And that's kind of the difference is, like, we're not here to tell you if you're healthy or not. We're just talking about do your organs function or not, and will they function in 10 years? Um, and this is an important difference is, you know, healthy or not, at a certain point, your organs aren't going to like something that you're putting in your body, depending on what it is. 
even if you're like, oh, I eat apples and carrots every day. It's like, well, after a certain point, your body's going to be like, hey, where's my vegetables? Where's my meat? Where's my other things? Well, you know, vegetarians. But, you know, there's... <laughs> well, un- no, but even with the uh, vegetarians, they're they like, have where's to my protein? Be able- exactly. Yeah. They have to be able to balance the diet to get all the nutritional value yeah, out of it. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that you need to make sure what you're putting in your body, your body is going to want to process and process well over the course of your life. And a lot of these these... Unfortunately, a lot of these things that they put on labels and, you know, going, you know, you just have a steak dinner with asparagus. And, you know, it's like, hey, you really have to know what you're ingesting your body and what your bo- what works with your body. Because everyone is different. Yeah. And, you know, what works for my body doesn't work for Corey's body. What works for Richard doesn't work for the rest of us. And that's the thing. <laughs> I'm unique. <laughs> but <laughs> what, talking what works to for a Richard doctor. doesn't work for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> It's only Richard. It's only Richard. Richard, I don't even know what you do. You're eating crayons every day. <laughs> wow. Glue and crayons. I was going to say some weird <laughs> sunflower oil encased. I don't know. But crayons? Okay. I go out next to the cows and I eat the grass. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. But, but talking to your doctor can really help narrow down like what nutritional needs are. Because like, if you're four foot nine and... Like you're way barely nothing, you're not going to need two thousand calories. Yeah. And someone who's six foot seven is probably going to need a lot more calories. Yeah. Or um, as someone who burns, like I was going to say, someone who is literally a pro athlete is going to burn way more calories than two thousand. Yeah. Very. They, they eat tons of food because they're able to burn it off. Yeah. Um. But the soundness advice, you know, weirdly, I thought of a uh, a third one. Uh, a third f- food part three that we could do is talking about diets, not our like yeah. just what they are and like go into our own opinions about them. Yeah, not as professionals, as nah. casuals. <laughs> if you didn't notice, by the way, that the title of this podcast is generally casual for a reason. Yeah, we talk about general things casually. We don't know anything, but that does lead to a piece of advice that is a little less casual, which is if you want to be healthy, um, it's not diet. It is eat under the nutritional amount that you should be having, the nutritional amount of calories a day, and exercise. If you want to lose weight, you could follow those two rules. And then if you're not losing weight, then that's specifically going, hey, I'm doing this, the base amount I need to lose weight, then you talk to a doctor. Yeah. It's I mean, very easy. If you know you take in 2,000 calories a day, eat, eat 1,700, and you'll slowly start to lose weight. As long as you combine it with the exercise. Both of those are important. I was going to say a combination for people who don't want to see a doctor for whatever reason as well and rather in tune with their body as well is, uh, are you exercising a lot? Yes or no? Uh, Do you weigh yourself regularly? Do you see if your weight fluctuates? Are you going up? Do you want to go down or do you want... Because some people, like my brother's working out a lot, so he... Most likely wants his weight to go up big because his his wanting to gain muscle. So yeah. he would be eating a lot more calories and a lot more protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you want out of your body is going to determine what kind of diet you need. Yeah. And you can follow the base advice again of eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Because while Corey's not a big fan of that, uh. um, I have listened to a lot of different podcasts from people who are nutritionists 
And you can follow that basic rule because if you eat only, and if you follow that, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, you're probably not going to be hungry for the rest of the day, to be honest. It depends on you. And that kind of shows you what your metabolism is. If you wake up in the morning, you're hungry, and you eat until you're full, and you're not hungry for the rest of the day, you probably have a slower metabolism. But if you eat in the morning, you stop when you're full, and then two hours later, you're hungry again. Like your body's like, yo, I need some more food. Well, you probably have a faster metabolism. So the reason for that is you're following what your body needs first. You could you could do it like you could eat and then be like, oh, I'm not hungry anymore. So I'm done. But there's a balance there as you're playing that tricky line of going, I think I got enough food or I didn't. If you're full, you definitely got enough food. You just stop. Yeah. I feel like the only issue I see with that is a lot of people eat out of boredom and they can't. But they're not hungry. They can't. Uh, they can't tell when they're not hungry and when they're just bored. Well, that's the I thing. I think that's part of the issue. Hungry is with your stomach, not with your mouth. And that's... Yeah, you're saying... You're specifically saying hungry as though your stomach is talking to you. Yeah, it's, your stomach is grumbling and yeah, going, I, I need food. It's giving you yeah. but cues. a lot of people confuse... And I actually was this way uh, back in high school, is I would confuse my hungry with thirsty. It's yeah. a weird thing that I had mm-hmm. is anytime I was like oh, I need something in my mouth. I would fill it with food instead of what I needed, water. Water. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there who's, who are going through the same thing. And I'm like, that's fine. But don't think of hungry as with your mouth. If you're salivating, you're not hungry. You just want something to eat. There's a difference. It's just like a dog. You could, <laughs> like Seneca. Uh, if you put food in front of uh, in front of dog, dog go They'll eat. They'll just eat it. Yeah. yeah. Or if you put food far away, their mouth will slobber. Are they hungry though? <clears throat> Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of dogs out there who are like that, so they just won't stop. Don't yeah. be don't be dog like. But also, um, a really interesting piece that I heard was how hungry you are isn't an indicator of how much you should eat. It's how soon you should eat. So if you're really really hungry, that means you need to eat right now. Whereas if you're like, oh, I'm, I could eat, that's like, okay, you're in no rush. You still got reservoir. Well, and usually if you're that hungry. The uh, first thing you eat is gonna feel like a rock in your stomach, and you're like, "Okay, I'm done." I had a I had a potato chip. That was good. Well, I mean, that makes <laughs> sense. That's kind of how competitor competitive eaters also do their stuff too. They will generally expand their stomach uh, about a week to two weeks before whatever competition they're doing, and then to prevent shrinkage, they will drink a lot of water, and they'll have a big meal the day before, and then they'll have a light snack the morning of. Because they will need to keep something in their stomach that it will be easily processed. And that way, your stomach doesn't go into retraction mode. The mm. stomach stays expanded before they eat for whatever they Food can. part four. Food contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to say? No, I think I'm pretty happy with that, Richard. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. But as per usual, if you can uh, rate, review, and subscribe, it helps us out immensely. Uh, we are testing the waters when it comes to YouTube and other platforms. Uh, we're currently working on putting a video out. Right? Yes. Uh, it might be out when you hear this. It might not. Who knows? We'll know, but you won't until you check. <laughs> At Generally Casual on whatever platform you're on. Including uh, YouTube. Yeah, including YouTube now. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we've been Nutritionally Casual, and uh, we'll see you next time.